creativity can be worked like a muscle for anybody. Now, some folks might not lean into that side of their brain, so to speak, as much as others, but it can be worked on and strengthened and developed. And I think when you begin to put on the filter or the glasses of connections in life, whether it be relational connections, whether it be business, products, services, storytelling that connects to things that you don't see a natural connection, that's when opportunities open up. Welcome, friends. You're listening to The Hook with Sarah Larson, a podcast that is curious about disruption and how it affects our personal lives, our careers, and the people around us. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, a business coach and serial entrepreneur, but also someone with a thirst for conversation. Being an entrepreneur can be a bit lonely, especially when faced with the inevitable challenges that come with the title. This is an opportunity to be part of the conversation and leave knowing that you are not alone because others have faced similar challenges, and you can learn from their mistakes and successes. I hope you'll find as much inspiration from my guests as I have. Grab your favorite beverage, and let's begin. Welcome, friends, to The Hook with Sarah Larson. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, and today my guest is Brian Forrester with Genie Jar Marketing. Welcome, Brian. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? What is Genie Jar Marketing? Well, we exist to help small business owners who are going crazy with their marketing or the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, because I'm a small business owner myself, I know that these business owners have their hair on fire. They're running around crazy. They're trying to make ends meet, connect the dots. They don't have the time or the wherewithal to figure out Google ads, our website junk, our email campaigns. It's just another thing to add to their to-do list. So that's where we come in and we say, well, let's help you filter through all the clutter. Let's get you a plan. Let's get your message down just right so people are amazed at what you do. And then let's figure out the places to put that so that you can reach the perfect person at the right time to grow your revenue and to become a millionaire so you can retire on the beach, <laughs> sipping a nice drink with an umbrella straw. That's our goal, to I help people in that goal. Day. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, and you are a fantastic storyteller. Oh. I have to say, when I first became aware of Genie Jar, that I subscribed to your marketing email, and I you know, 75% of the time click through to the story. And that's a pretty high number when you're a busy person. I, I will say it's probably dropped a little bit just because I have so many things coming into my inbox now. But I always was grabbed by the the teaser story that came and then I was always entertained by the story. Well, I take that, that as a found. challenge to make you click even more okay. closer to 100% now. <laughs> right. So, challenge yeah. accepted. Okay, good, yes. good. Well, let's go back. Let's start with where, where'd you grow up and what was your family like back in the good old days? And see, this is where I don't want to bore people. <laughs> people are like, who is this guy and why do I care? But I do think there's a through line maybe to a larger story as most of us okay. have these through lines with right. our backgrounds and craziness. Yeah. So if you can't already tell, I'm from North Carolina. I try to hide the accent. accent. I really try. <laughs> It does not work. Sometimes I've kind of uh, evened that out a little bit, yeah. but I get joked from my accent all the time. People think I'm from Texas. They think I'm related to Joel Osteen, the preacher in Houston, mm-hmm. and I, we do sound the same. So, but here in Virginia, my accent is a little better than it is back in North Carolina. I get around mm-hmm. other twankers. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's bad. When I talk to my parents on the phone, I'm like. I used to sound like this, right? Like we fell off the turnip truck. That's okay though. I embrace it. Yes. So yes, uh, North Carolina, Central North Carolina, uh, basketball crazy. I think I, I grew up with a basketball in my crib. So we were always playing ball, into sports, love that. So yeah, I'm a I'm a Southern guy, sweet iced tea and barbecue. Oh. That's a lot of my background. So my family, uh, really my. A journey towards creativity mm-hmm. and storytelling and business started with my dad yeah. who has he's still kicking and he owns a business as a printing and advertising business that's been around for maybe 60 years now 
and my earliest memories are going to that shop, smelling the, the ink on the printing presses, looking at all of his signs and all of his advertising things, and just kind of being swept into that world, just imagination. Uh, come from a musical family. My dad's a drummer, my mom's a piano player. I grew up around music playing instruments. So a lot of those little pieces mm -hmm. started to kind of come together a little bit in other parts of my journey of how that played out as I became a teenager and then in my 20s and 30s and business owning. So yeah. we can get into that if you desire at another yeah. point. But that's my background, just a Southern okay. boy. Right. Love country music, you know. <laughs> I need to get some boots and a hat and make the, the, the look complete. Yeah. But yeah, I'm good. Well, are you trying to downplay that a little bit? You're not going for the full-on? Yeah, I do try to downplay it a little bit. My, my wife is a Virginian. Okay. And so she has tried to soften out some of my southern edges. She right. likes a good portion of it, I do think. Yes. I mean, that's how she met me. But yes. she, I think I might have told you before she corrected my name so that my name was pronounced wrong. <laughs> this is not a made-up story. Tell me So tell me I, I grew up Brian Forrester. Oh, oh, that's oh, Brian. Brian Forrester. Brian rhymes with wine. You know, well, Brian. B R I N. Your turkey tastes really good too. Is it a Brian? Yes. Through school, all my friends, family. Brian. Hey, Brian. How you doing, Brian? So I get to Virginia and I meet Jessica, my future wife. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm Brian Forrester. Well, the first day she doesn't say anything. It yeah. takes a couple of times, and then finally she leans across the table one day and says, you know what? Uh, you were saying your name wrong. <laughs> I love that she's correct to your name. Like, Wait a second, say that again. I'm saying my name wrong. She yeah. goes, yeah, it's not Brian, it's Brian. It's two syllables, not one. It's not Forrester, it's Forrester. So I'm like, okay, well, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> and ever since I've been Brian Forrester. So, okay. yes, that's me. Oh my God, I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> and she is a treat too. Oh I yeah, she her. doesn't mind holding back on that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, that is so great. Did you go to college? Did I did, believe it or not. Someone like me went to college. Uh, I went to several colleges. Uh, so I went to UNC Charlotte for a freshman year, then okay. moved back home and commuted to UNC Greensboro for a couple of okay. years. Then I went to a small private college in northern Georgia for a couple of years. So if you do your math right, that's squeezing four years of college into five. Okay. Yes, I did manage to do yes, that. Yes, good. Gravy train, it was nice. Yeah. Then I went for three more years of post-grad at okay. Regent University right here in good old Virginia Beach, Virginia. Oh, so eight years. Eight years. Past high school. And if you were to pop open my head and look at my brains, they are burnt charcoal. There's nothing else in there. I'm totally burned out with school. Don't give me anything else to read. I don't want any more classes or courses. I don't want to improve my life. I have nothing left. It's done. Oh, no. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes, I know that that is completely I do. I do love learning. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of that really helped to jumpstart the lifetime of self-learning yeah that's what i enjoy that more than school mm -hmm. i mean school has its purposes yeah and you learn some good things and have courses but I, I think when you can instill in somebody that passion for learning on their own mm -hmm. let me find the books let me find the podcast let me yes. find the courses that's where you can find some amazing things to grow professionally personally relationally spiritually yeah. whatever you want to do that's been passion of mine yeah. love to read I'm, yeah. a, I'm a book nerd. Yeah, book nerd. Yeah. I'm with you there. I did do some college. I did some community college. I did some university classes. I never finished. Okay. And I discovered work. Oh, it was yes. really what happened. I discovered work and making money oh, yes. <laughs> before I finished a degree. So I am with you, but I really enjoy being able to decide what I want to study and how I want to study it. Right. So I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm with you on that. Is it when you were attending Regent is when you met Jessica? That's, that was the start of that process. Okay. So I was uh, a part of a church in Norfolk while my, I was at Regent, and she just happened to attend that church. Oh, okay. So yes. We met, and we didn't start dating immediately. It took a little bit of time, okay. but that's how we got introduced. Oh, very Yeah. Cool. So by me moving from Georgia in school, to Virginia, that started the new chapter of my life. I thought I was gonna to go to New York, LA. I wanted to just be a jet setter. Let's go experience the world, I'm 20 something. Yeah. Why stick around? 
And then, you know how it is, relationships, that changes your plans in a good way, yeah. in a good way. Right. But I never in a million years, Sarah, would have thought that 25 years, 30 years later, I would still be here in Hampton Road. So wow. She got me. I got she caught got... in her and her web. <laughs> oh, the black widow. It is. <laughs> That's right. She's kept you in. That's well, right. so let's talk about that a little bit because I, I one of my favorite topics is disruption. Okay. And so your big plans for being a jet setter in one of yeah. these big cities got disrupted by this beautiful woman. By our relationship. Right. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. But what did it, did it take you some time to adjust to that? Like, was there an adjustment period of, oh, I guess I'm going to stay here, and then what's that going to look like? I, I'd still deal with that. Oh, I, do I, you? I'm restless by nature. Yeah. And part of that can be a negative. Part of it can be a positive. Right. I'm trying to lean into the positive of that. Course. After a couple of years of doing anything, I start to get restless, right. and I'm like, okay, what's beyond the next corner? What's the next state? What's the next thing? What's the next season? So I get bored really easily yeah. uh, with the same thing over and over. Uh, so that's why sometimes I just want to even geographically move somewhere different. But um, you know, this is where I need to be right now, and I've. Even though I've kind of fought, and I still think in the plans might be some Florida down the road. Okay. At least for the winter. Okay. Because I'm yeah. not a cold weather guy. <laughs> so if I can do a Florida, what they call that uh, for the, folks? The snowbirds. I can be a snowbird. Yes. And, and that's part of my goal in life, to be a snowbird. Okay. So after, let's say, January the 2nd, I'm out until about March something. Right. Then I'm back yeah. in Hampton Roads. And if I can deal with the, the winter and be down in Florida, I'm happy. And that helps to satisfy some of my yeah. restlessness right. as well. That's my goal. I completely get that. I'm largely where I'm at today because of disruption in terms of business stuff. Tell me about that. Well, to rewind, yeah. all the way back to North Carolina. Yeah. So I began to discover, much to my dismay at first, that when I was a kid, others were better at math and science than I was. It was always a struggle. Yeah. It, it, Again, that boredom came through. I looked at numbers and they just all kind of just gelled together in ways I'm like, ah, why is this so hard? But when it came to reading and speaking and writing and art, the fine arts, mm -hmm. that's where I began to love. I, I mean, just came alive. Yeah. And I was that kid back in fourth grade where the teacher would say, Brian, Brian, excuse me, <laughs> we need you to do the classroom uh, bulletin board. And I loved doing art. I wanted to be a Walt Disney animator. I, I drew everything everywhere. I was in music. Uh, I just loved that element. That was a passion for me. I can still remember the first time, at least my earliest memory, when we had to do a project in class. And the project was, if you can bring a picture or an object lesson and then give a speech about it for about five minutes to your class, that's what you have to do. And I started thinking, okay, what can I do? So I. I drew a picture, I remember it was a rabbit, cartoon rabbit, and I came up with a story about this rabbit. Just made it up and came in and had the picture, told the story, five minutes long, didn't think a thing about it. But afterward, uh, my teacher came to me and said, did you come up with that? And I'm like, well, yeah. He said, I want you to do it again. I'm gonna bring your parents in and I'm gonna bring the principal in. They need to hear this. So I said, okay. And sure enough, came back and I did this presentation again. And I didn't understand it at the time, but they really encouraged me, saying that that, that was really interesting how you did that. Yeah. That was just my lane. Well, out of that, I, I got selected to be the Santa Claus and the Christmas production of the school <laughs> and speaking parts and more art. So I began to realize, okay, the math and science stuff, I made decent grades in it, but it was so hard for me. But this other stuff, and it was like cutting butter with a hot knife. And I just continued to follow that creativity side through middle school and high school where it kind of morphed more into writing. I would do little plays and little things, scripts and, and things like that. And got into college and I'd have a writing partner that we'd share short stories together. So that has been, we talked about a through line. Mm -hmm. That's been a through line since nearly the beginning. Yeah. Of creativity right and I'm not saying I'm mr. creativity I'm trying to understand it better and I'm trying to figure right. out how to bring creativity 
not just into business, but into all areas of life. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, maybe you have a different definition of creativity, but my favorite definition is when you find two dissimilar things, but you find somehow they can connect. Mm-hmm. Connecting two dissimilar things, mm-hmm. because that makes a whole entirely new thing. And if you can make a connection that other people aren't maybe making at first, then you've got something unique to say, something unique to produce. I didn't know that back then, how that was all going to play together, but that became a big part of what I wanted to do. So out of that, uh, because my dad was in marketing, I started doing marketing and trying to find pieces and connecting them together, helping businesses. But that... That has been the basis for the creativity side of things, what I'm doing, what I'm doing today. I really am interested with your definition of creativity because what comes to mind for me, something that I've been told is a gift of mine. Um, You know, until recently, I never really thought about things that we do that other people, like that just come really naturally to us that other people are like, how do you do that? And one of those things is, my mind makes these connections when I meet someone new um, I love networking I love meeting new people and what I think is hey, maybe you're not right now the right customer for me or or just talking to people and my mind just automatically goes who do I know that could help them or who do they need to meet um, how can I help with whatever it is that you're doing yes my mind goes there and so that's what I thought of when you said like two completely different things coming together finding the connection between them tell me more about that I I think that creativity is not reserved for a select few that have pixie dust sprinkled on them from high above Mm -hmm. I do believe some people are more talented maybe in in that area but I think the creativity can be worked like a muscle for anybody now, some folks might not lean into that side of their brain, so to speak, as much as others, but it can be worked on and strengthened and developed. And I think when you begin to put on the filter or the glasses of connections in life, whether it be relational connections, whether it be business, products, services, storytelling that connects to things that you don't see in a natural connection, that's when opportunities open up. So I believe that's my key feeling about creativity. Anybody can do this with a little bit of work and understanding where to look for those connection points. And when it comes to our marketing, that's all we do. I mean, really, if you want to pop the hood, we can talk about Google ads, we can talk about websites and banners and blah, blah, blah. But really, at the end of the day, Sarah, it's about what do you do for your business? How can we take that and connect it to the needs of someone who is gonna be a perfect customer for you. What is that through line where we see that connection? And what kind of messages, images, content, media can we do to make that connection be strong? And that's where that creativity happens. So really creativity is is asking questions. Mm -hmm. It's more than just what do you do, it's okay, that's interesting, but how do you do it? Yeah. And what do you offer that's special that you do that someone down the street who's a competitor doesn't do? Mm-hmm. And when someone does choose to work with you, what's the fairy tale ending that happens? So I think creativity is inquisitive in nature. The more ingredients you have on the on the kitchen table, the more cool recipes that you can make. So we, we're always looking for hooks. A little bit of an interesting, and, and we know each other, and I've learned yeah. you know, a lot about you and, and and your life and your background, and there are so many cool hooks in there mm-hmm. that you can take and expand and do an amazing job of storytelling in all types of areas in your life, including business. Right. Well, that goes back to my admiration of your storytelling. Oh. <laughs> I think that's the word for it. I love how you are able to craft a story and obviously that came from a really young age that's amazing and great that your teacher recognized it. It, it, I I didn't recognize it. 
Well, we don't no, often no. recognize those things in ourselves. A couple of years ago, I would never have said that I'm a creative person, but I discovered actually some things that I'm pretty creative with and, and things that I've been doing for a long time. I just didn't call them creativity. Sure. I love your definition. That expands it even, even more. And I, yeah. Well, what happened is everybody that. woke up in the morning and said, number one, today's gonna be a great day. And number two, I'm a creative person. Oh. I, can, I can solve these problems creatively. I'm gonna go into this Zoom meeting and handle this in a creative fashion. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pitch this potential customer in a creative way. I'm not just gonna settle for how it's always been done or status quo. And here's another thing about creativity. When you have the, that, those glasses on, your ears are always perked up for stories, mm -hmm. for headlines that you're reading in the newspaper or something that you're seeing as you're surfing the web. And I think part of that is learning how to take information that you discover and put it somewhere that you can retain it yes. and find it later. I, I save so many stories and sometimes I forget I even saved them. Yeah. And they might not even come to, to the surface again for three years later. Mm -hmm. Going through my folders, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's a unique story. That person did this or that happened. How can that tie in to what I'm doing next week? Is that gonna be an intro in some way? And then sometimes, boom, it hits. There's that connection. Right. So I'm trying to describe the impact of a website. That story is a great illustration. So again, back to creativity, not to hit the drum too much mm -hmm. with this, yeah. but it's, it's amazing. And I think creativity and storytelling go together because people, they don't remember a lot of stats, but most people, they remember stories. And I think I've told you for, for years, I served as a pastor. And that's another chapter from marketing. Lots of things that are similar in marketing. Yeah. But I could tell the difference. When I'm, I'm speaking, giving a, a message, uh, and I'm telling facts or things like that, I can tell sometimes when people will be kind of starting to drift away or you know, they're, they're moving around. But the moment you start to say, but once upon a time, are you going to a story? All of a sudden, it's the most unique thing about human nature. You see people stop, sit up, and they focus. There is something about storytelling and creativity in business, in vocation, presentations, that make people pay attention. It's weird. It's a, it's a magic trick. Really, the way our brains are wired, our brains are wired for stories. And I think you look back thousands of years ago to our People who came before us, they told stories around campfires before there were books and printing presses. That's how information was passed along yeah. to the next generation was through yeah. storytelling. Absolutely. So when you start to approach things, even those regular bullet point items, action items per day, when you approach it with a narrative involved, that suddenly opens up opportunities. So one of the things I did when I was a pastor and again, I'm not saying this is the right way or the wrong way, but this was me. When I knew I had to tell a story, let's say I'm talking out of the Gospels, and, and Jesus, you know, he, he's meeting the fishermen. I'm just going to throw that out. Yeah. I can read that passage, which is eight to ten verses, mm -hmm. but I put myself in the shoes of people in the, in the audience. Mm -hmm. Personally, if someone says, okay, now let's turn to this chapter and let's start to read, my brain sometimes cuts off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I don't really want to hear somebody to me. But what if I knew that story so well that I had it memorized and I could tell it instead of read it? So what we'd often do is to say, okay, today we're talking about Jesus meeting these fishermen. He's going to call his first disciples. Let's lower the lights. Let's get around the campfire, so to speak. Come off the stage. Walk right there where everybody's at. Say, Let me tell you a story from Matthew chapter whatever. Yeah. One day, Jesus went down to the river. And, and then you tell the story in a conversational cadence. Mm -hmm. It's the same story. Well, you sucked me right in. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but now I could all, I could tell the difference. Is there anything really special with that? Not really. But I started looking at something with a narrative focus, with a creative focus. Yeah. And it made, in my opinion, at least for that context, it made all the difference. So that, that would be my big action to do with 
with anything that people are attempting, whether they're trying to podcast, mm -hmm. developing courses, they're trying to get their business off the ground, doing marketing, or whatever they're making, a whatchamacallit, whatever they're doing, what can you do to find a narrative surrounding it, a story? Let me see some art. Let me see something that speaks life into what you're doing instead of just X, Y, Z. So I think that's my unique thing I bring to the world. Yes, not that it is. Not that I perfected it and not that I know what I'm doing all the time. But it's that, it's that gift that you have that is something that other people look at and go, ooh, how do you do that? And it comes naturally to you. One of the messages that I really want to impart on the world is that we as people, as business owners, regardless, we are valuable for who we are, right? And we each have some, we're not made for everybody. I'm not made for everybody, you're not made for everybody to do, to do business with us or be friends with us or whatever. But the way we narrate, the way yeah. we tell stories is the way that we're going to connect with people to let them know whether they whether we're for them that's it and we're each unique and so you're valuable just for you just for being you and the message that you put out the narrative that you put out the stories that you tell are going to reach the people who connect with those stories beautifully said sense? beautifully said yes thank you everyone has a story yeah you just need to uncover it right and i believe and not to put too much commerce on it. Yeah. But I believe everyone has a million dollar story. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean million dollars in the bank, but it could. It right. could mean much more than that. But how you approach your life purpose, because let's face it, we need each other. Mm -hmm. And relationships are built, great relationships are built on questions and they're built on stories that are shared, emotions. That's what connects people. Yeah. And that's. I think a very important part. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, let's go back to this um, disruption aspect a little bit in the sense of, so you started working in marketing because that was dad's yeah. industry that yeah. you grew up around and loved. What did you do? With my dad? I didn't do a whole bunch with my dad. Mm -hmm. he, he brought me in for little jobs here mm -hmm. and there. Yeah. But it was more about being exposed to everything. Uh, my dad was a, a good artist, uh, is a good artist, and does calligraphy. And I, I just would watch him over his shoulder do all these beautiful things. And then he worked a lot with politicians with their signages. And that just put something in me that you can't really explain. And maybe years later, you can see it come out. With that ministry side of things, that's where I was surprised. At, at no matter what you do, even for a nonprofit, mm -hmm. that those communication principles, marketing principles apply yeah. just across every industry. And so, again, doing the pastoring thing for a number of years. And then it was not until 2019 that I felt, you know what I'm talking about, when the, the winds begin to blow. And you know, one season is ending and another one is starting and it's scary, yes. but you know, you got to branch out and do it. That was 2019 for me. And I knew, okay, that ministry season, at least a full-time ministry season was coming to a close, fading in the black. And I was supposed to start a new company. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary proposition. I mean, you're starting all kind of new things and yes. it's incredibly exciting. It is. And it gets you up in the morning, keeps right. you up at night in a good way yeah but it's also scary it's scary and so we started uh, me and a partner of mine who you know tom powell we mm -hmm. began in 2019 and we've been trying to figure it out ever since and with all the ups and the downs and the beauty and the ugliness and the times that you want to yell that victory had a great day and other days you just want to quit and say yeah. what are we doing you know are we doing this the right way right. part of that's just the entrepreneur journey so that's that's kind of where I'm at these days. To, to summarize, yeah. you know, growing up in a marketing home, doing some marketing jobs as I got older, going into ministry for a while, using marketing principles, and then here at this stage of my life, getting back into marketing in a full-time way. And that's where we are in 2023. I don't even think I realized that you guys just 
got going with the gene jar marketing in 2019. Well, keep in mind too that Tom, he has another agency yes. called the Addison Group. Yeah. Tom Powell, my, my business partner. He's had it for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. So that's still going. Yeah. But he and I partnered, and I worked for him for a while with the Addison Group. Okay. But he and I decided to be co-founders of this new uh, new agency that does things a little bit differently than traditional agencies. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where our adventure began. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because you talk about how, you know, starting a new business was a scary proposition yeah. and that kind of thing. And I know that disruption yes. can be both positive and negative. So something that's disruptive in your life, in your business, can be something that is positive, but it still disrupts. Yeah. Um, starting something new is exciting, but it's still very disruptive in your life because there's a lot of risk involved in that. and unknown. Oh yes, especially every two weeks when you're like, yes. let me check the unknown in my income account right, right. now. <laughs> and how do yes. I have payroll again? Yeah, and how do I do these uh, taxes for businesses? And am I an S corp or am I uh, oh, the yes. million questions? All good that you have to work through. Yes. But yes, that disruption. And again, let, let's go back to maybe the theme of our conversation. I think disruption is also a great way to generate that creativity. Because when you're when you're desperate, when you feel disrupted, and your life is kind of feels like it's all out there scattered, I think it does activate a part of the brain that okay, if you want to survive, you've you've got to think through some other ways of doing things other than the ways you've always done them. And so, what's that old saying? If if your dreams don't scare you, you need to dream new dreams. Right. And I think disruption is is that nudge saying, okay, you had this dream, it's dangerous, but maybe that's a sign that you're on the path that you should be. And here's something else too. When it comes to, let's say, taking creativity to one particular niche, which is writing, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love to write and I've been able to write a couple of books. And if you look at the formula, I hate to put it that way, yeah. but just for, a good way to describe it. What makes a great book? What makes a great TV show? What makes something streamable? What makes something viral? What makes a great movie? Mm -hmm. And there is one thing that always makes something great. What do you think that is when it comes to storytelling? Well, there has to be a disruption. Absolutely. That's what happens if you've studied storytelling. If you yeah. study that, it's you know in the first section of your story, your main character has a disruption. That's it. There had to be a catalyst event. Luke yeah, Skywalker exactly. was on a, a, a no good planet living with his aunt and uncle until something happened, a catalyst, a disruption that sent him off into space yes. to fight Darth Vader. Yes. We can go through every movie ever made. And I would challenge you and whoever's watching or listening, look at your favorite TV show. Like what's the one recently uh, my family's been with Yellowstone. Have, oh. you, are you, have you heard of Yellowstone? Yes. I haven't yes. watched much of it. I've watched enough over their shoulder. Right. <laughs> that's a classic example. Right now, it's the most watched TV show in the world. And that's a great example because if you were to get a notepad and a pen and watch that show and just take one scene at a time, I guarantee you in every scene, There's you'll find scene. drama. Yes. You'll find a disruption. Yes, absolutely. Now, disruption doesn't mean somebody has to get shot in the head. Right. But it means that there's an internal conflict, external conflict, yes. a surprise that happens, something they didn't see coming their way. Any writer worth their salt knows disruption is the currency to great stories. Right. And if we start viewing it that way with life, instead of cursing the disruptions, and yes. if we can keep that mindset. Of our story, of our life as a story. That's a great through line right there. One quick thing you had mentioned very correctly the first part of any story has that catalyst disruption event. Yeah. Really, too, that's the same formula that, that businesses should use in their messaging. Yes. You've heard me talk about this a lot through our networking events and times we spent together. But we always feel okay, let's take creativity, let's take storytelling, let's talk disruption, let's put it all in one little maybe takeaway for somebody. Right. And that is, okay, when it comes to messaging your business, what is your one-liner? We, we always come back to this. Can you describe in one line what you do? 
Now, that one-liner has got to be compelling. Don't settle for status quo and sound like the person down the street saying the same thing. And we feel that with creativity and storytelling and disruption, there are three parts to a one-liner. That first part is the problem that somebody's facing. What are they going nuts about that they cannot figure out? Number two of that one-liner is your unique solution and how you come in and say, you won't believe how I can solve that problem. And I do it with my secret sauce of one, two, three. And then the third part of that one-liner is that wonderful fairytale ending where you see Cinderella's castle and the fireworks exploding in the background and someone's riding off into the sunset on that white horse all happy. The end. That's the key to storytelling for business. So let's say I'm working with you and you're trying to promote your, your podcast and, and your your new empire, mm-hmm. the new Oprah of 2023 <laughs> as you continue to build. I would say, okay, what problem are you trying to solve for people, Sarah? Let's get that in your one-liner. Yeah. And, and what do you do different than these other podcasters or these other course builders? Okay, let's put that in there. And then what's gonna happen when they actually listen to your stuff and engage with your material? What's gonna be the the final product. You put all that together in a bowl, mix it together. That's when you got something powerful. The catalyst, the disruption, the solution, the story, the happy ending. If people start thinking that way, that's the nucleus of the rest of your message and other pieces of your collateral. Don't work on your website until you first of all have your one-liner down. Don't think about your headline until you first know what your one-liner is. And what's really sad too is when businesses have multiple employees and if you go into that office and say, let me get each employee by themselves and say, what's the one-liner for this business? And they'll give you one thing. You walk to the next office, they'll give you a completely new answer. You go to the next office, they have another answer. If you can't get your message right internally, how do you expect to be effective externally reaching potential customers? Everybody has a different version. So getting your story together and, and almost a three-act structure is really powerful. Yes, and you have shared that with me before. It is very powerful uh, to put it together that way, and I like thinking of it as the three-act structure. Let me put you on the, the surgeon's table. What problem are your listeners facing? Mm-hmm. Why are they listening to you? Can you tell me? Can you tell me that? Well, this is great because I don't really know why they're listening to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I know more the special sauce and the uh, what they get from it, okay. you know, the outcome, the transformation, but I don't really know what that starter is. It's very important that you problem? need to know that, though. Yes. And it's good that you struggle. Yeah. Because if, if you don't empathize mm-hmm. first with their problem, they might not clue in to number two, which is your secret sauce. Yes. You have to show them the medicine that you have right. for their disease, if right. you will. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean fear-mongering. That doesn't mean focusing on the negatives. But it does mean, I see you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I know you're facing this. So I would encourage you, as I have to do it in my own business, yes. and anybody else we work with, think that one know that target market so well that when you sit down and write an email to that target market, it's like writing to your best friend and giving them advice to say, I know that this, you're going through a business transition right now and it's tough and you feel like going to the white towel. Or I know that you feel like you're underqualified and you just don't know where to look for a resource to help you. Whatever that might be, if you can start off with that, it's almost so powerful that they stop in their tracks and go, how did you know that about me? You are reading my mail. <laughs> right? If you know that, I want to look into your crystal ball and, and can you please tell me some more? Right. There is so much power in leading with questions, yes. especially when you come with knowledge beforehand about what they might be struggling with. Yeah. Well, let me... S- Let's, let's dig into this a little bit deeper. I want to think about that. Maybe my problem is that I haven't really thought about it as a problem, but really I feel like if you are interested in starting a business or you are facing disruptions in your life and in your business, yep. you want to know that there are other people out there 
that have the same and maybe have the answers, have been through it, maybe have an answer that can help you. And that is the transformation okay. or the outcome that I anticipate for listeners is that they're picking up some tips from the conversations that we have and what are the challenges that you have faced that you have overcome that can help someone, inspire them, make them think, oh, well, maybe I could do that. Oh, I've been struggling with, with creating my message. Oh, well, Brian, Brian has the answer for me. I have a feeling you could call me that. <laughs> From here on out, forever. Perhaps I, you know, That's there's fine. a point at which the joke, you know, sort of, you know, has been played out, right? People still call me that. Remember, so it would never end. So it's never ended. I still have my people in North Carolina. That they, they, yes, but yeah, that's that sort of the thing, and and the secret sauce is having this conversation with you to pull out that information and mm-hmm. talk about it so that somebody else can get something from it. So um, you hit on a few things there. Like yeah. maybe one of those is, do you feel alone in your business journey? Yes. I'm not saying that's the perfect one, but that being a business owner can be very lonely. Yes. It's very isolating. How it many is. people do you know that are going through the same thing as you? Right. That are you struggling right? with your startup? Do you need resources and you don't know where to look? I mean, you know, there's so many mm-hmm. angles that you can take from that yes. based upon who is watching and listening and, and and maybe even you I mean sometimes we attract the people who are the, like yes, us like and us. we've got sometimes all we need to do is to look at our own life story and say I had all these worries yes. and all these struggles and maybe I still struggle with them and if I'm still struggling with them I know I'm not the only person in the world who is right so why don't I just take my insecurities and my struggles and I'll turn that into do you need help with I'm just explaining what I'm struggling with. Right. And when you raise that flag and say, any other strugglers out there, anybody want to raise their hand and join me? You'd be amazed at how people are drawn to vulnerability. People are drawn yeah. to weakness. Right. People just want to know that they're not crazy and they're not by themselves. Right. And and then you have to, as a, as a leader, you have to realize, okay, do I feel like I have imposter syndrome? Can I really help? Like I want to help? You know, I've always felt that if, if you just if you just know 10% more than somebody else at this point in the journey, you can right. reach back and help. Yes. You don't have to have it all figured out. Right. But you might have a resource or books or videos or connection relationally that this person desperately needs that you can make the connection. Mm-hmm. And so if we can learn in our one-liner to raise the flag and say do you struggle with and then to say i can help you not because i'm mr or mrs expert in everything but i've been through this yes and i've learned what can work i can help you point you in the right direction you see how the narrative is starting to come alive yes so it's more than just here are the benefits of working with me blah right that 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 nobody draws cares. nobody. Nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. But when you start asking questions, do you struggle? Are you frustrated? If you can make somebody see your headline or listen to your story and go, yeah, you know you're onto something. You know you're onto something. Every story, every good story, should elicit an emotional response. Yeah. Some will make you cry, some will make you laugh. Some will make you want to hit your head against the wall and say, why didn't I know this earlier? All types of emotions, but great business leaders and pioneers know the power of stories. Steve Jobs, when he was introducing the iPod and iPad and iPhone, that guy, say what you want about him, but he would get up on that stage in his black turtleneck Mm -hmm. and he would enrapture an audience telling stories. I mean, he had, remember those first uh, iPods? Where it had the little dial. Right. Yes. Do you remember how Apple described? Instead of them going, well, this has the so-and-so chip and this has the this speed that can do this and blah blah blah. You know, instead of doing nerd speak, yeah. I, I thought it was genius that Steve Jobs said, you know this little thing? You can now hold ten thousand songs in your pocket. Oh, uh, that's a cool description. And I thought when he said that, I'm like, bam. Yeah. 
in a few words, you told a story that even a, a grandma or a grandpa who knows nothing about technology can be like, oh, I get that. I don't understand how it works, right? but I can have 10,000 songs in my pocket on that device. Got it. Ah, yeah. I want one. Yes. That's that narrative, creativity, matching it together with the engineering and the product stuff. You need both. Right. And it needs to be a marriage somewhere. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like we all just got a great lesson in marketing. <laughs> I don't know a lot, but I'm trying to learn every single day. And, and if, if there's anything I've learned, it's because of my screw-ups. And I should write a book, What Not to Do in Marketing. Right. That could be a bestseller. What Not to Do in Marketing, because I've done it all and, and seen lots <laughs> of failure. So maybe I've learned from those failures to say, but this works better. Yeah. That's it's something that I have said quite a bit is I learn more from my failures than from my successes. I sometimes refer to myself as a serial entrepreneur. I have run and owned many businesses in my life. Right. And I think that I have a little bit of experience to share. And those businesses are not here anymore. Right. And so I have learned something and now I'm creating something new. Which is beautiful. From what I've learned. And full circle. Yeah. I know we're trying to close, but I yeah. wanted to make sure I said this. I mentioned writing books. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my passions that keeps me sane. Okay. Whether they ever see the light of the day or not, doesn't matter. I just get up every morning and I write and kind of work that creative muscle. So I recently had a book come out, mm -hmm. and who knows how, but Barnes & Noble allowed me to come to a book signing. And I don't know if you saw on the news recently, uh, I don't even know this lady, but she was a first-time author, had a book signing at some bookstore. Did you hear about this? Mm -hmm. She was so excited about it. And 37 people said they would be coming, like her friends. Yeah. She shows up that day, no one comes. Zero, ghost town, zero people. And she is so disappointed. She was looking forward to that day, outfit and everything, got home, and, and just in her frustration and in her sadness, she went on Twitter and said, I know people are busy, I'm not mad about that, but I'm just so disappointed that I had nobody come today. Would you know, this true story, that that tweet got out big time to other authors, one being Stephen King, one of the world's greatest authors, mm -hmm. some musicians, famous people, and they started retweeting that. And Stephen King basically said, hey, the next time you do a book signing, we're gonna let the world know that you're having one. Which he did. She had another book signing, I think it was a total sellout. She's now sold thousands and thousands of books based upon people seeing her frustration and how, anyway, long story. So great. I had a book signing mm -hmm. at Barnes & Noble. And I'm thankful that some people came out but one of them, I think one, the first person to come through that door that morning was you, Sarah. Really? And I wanted to say that that was such an encouragement to me. Good. I had never done a book signing before. And I'm standing out there, you feel naked in front of a little table. Hey, would you like to look at a book? You know, you right. feel kind of corny. Yeah. You came in to support me. And that meant a lot to me. And I just want to say thank you. You didn't have to do that on a Saturday morning out of your busy schedule to come out and do that, but that's the kind of person you are. So, everybody listening out there, <laughs> real deal, behind the scenes, friend, supporter, encourager, that meant a lot to me. Oh. You supported some oh, guy trying to tell you. a story. I did. Yeah. And you know, that's so funny because that's the thing that I was trying to remember earlier that I wanted to come back to was about your book. <laughs> Go check it out, it's called The Jungle. The Jungle Within. The Jungle Within, yes. thank you. <laughs> and uh, great, young adult target audience but you know those stories are great for adults too tell us where we can find you on the internet all right real easy geniejarmarketing.com okay. and genie is spelled with a g not like genie the lady's name but yes. genie like in a bottle but with a jar geniejarmarketing.com and you'll find a lot of resources in there we've got an updated blog that has all kind of information about one-liners and how to do this or shortcuts to come up with great messages or headlines or email campaigns. And if someone's out there who just needs a little help getting their, their drawer organized, so to speak, we would love to come in and help you discover your story. 
so yeah. that you can be effective in reaching the right people. Because you've got something great to share with the world. Let's get more people knowing about it. Yes. That's why we exist. I love that. Oh, thank you so much for coming today. This has been so fantastic. Thank you for having me. I just can't even tell you how much I, I, I did tell you a little bit before we started about how much I'm enjoying doing this podcast because this is the part that I absolutely love. It's just knowing, oh my gosh, I just had an amazing conversation with this friend who now everybody else gets to oh, meet. You're so sweet. Thank you. I have admired Brian's storytelling skills since I first became aware of him and subscribed to his newsletter. He brilliantly grabs your attention with an amazing hook, so you're more inclined to click through to his blog to read the entire story. If you're a business owner or even thinking about starting a business as a maybe someday dream, I highly recommend you subscribe to his newsletter at geniejarmarketing.com. As I said in my podcast trailer, talking with other entrepreneurs makes me a better coach to my clients but I'm also beginning to realize how valuable it is to me personally. I get to learn from some smart people and grow as a business owner. This conversation is not the first where I discovered something new in real time. When Brian put me on the spot about what he calls the one-liner, I was embarrassed at first that I didn't already have one. But this podcast isn't about showing a perfect side of myself or my guests. It's about sharing the challenges we all face in life and business And I hope that hearing me work through the process helped you think about your own one-liner. As a business owner, I know there is no magic blueprint that works for every business. And trying to do everything we've been told we must do to succeed is an exhausting and lonely existence. If you'd like to have someone listen to your unique challenges and provide support and strategies specific to your vision, I'd love to talk to you. You can schedule a chat with me through the link in the show notes to see if I'm the right advisor for you. If you'd like to be part of my community, subscribe to my newsletter to be notified of new episodes, get business advice and recommendations, and be the first to know when I have something new to share. And just as a heads up, I do have something new to share soon. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at I am Sarah Larson. That's Sarah with an H, Larson with an E. All social media and website links for me and Brian are in the show notes. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and share it with friends so more people can benefit from these conversations. If you feel inclined to leave a five-star review, I would be very grateful. Reviews and subscribers feed the algorithms and mean that more people will discover and be encouraged by this podcast. Thank you, friends. See you next time.